the number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Welcome to another segment of the UCW Radio Show. This is your host, Lou Velasquez. And I want to thank all of our listeners for listening to the show and tuning in. And uh, we're continuing to bring on the best guests out there. And you'll be able to hear things on the UCW Radio Show that you can't hear everywhere else. So you need to tune in if you want to really uh, get a good a good glimpse into the the journey of all of our guests in just a little while we're going to have an author a pretty good author for uh, you know on that uh, for that matter and one of the leading authorities on vintage fashion now in my opinion you know she's not only the leading authority in the United States or one of the leading authorities uh, I think that she is one of the leading authorities in the, the entire world and uh, look she has authored over a dozen books on the topic, so yeah, I think she knows what she's talking about. Uh, her name is Roseanne Ettinger, and you'll find that she's probably one of the greatest stories never told. Well, that's until now, because we're telling the story. Uh, before we bring Roseanne Ettinger on the show, we need to uh, talk about a couple of things. The auditions for the uh, in Orlando for the Ultimate Body reality TV show will be taking place on Saturday, the 17th of October, uh, between 11 and 6. And you can get additional information by going to the ultimatebodytvshow.com. Uh, get the application and everything else that you need. Now on Saturday, November 14th, 2009, in Plymouth, Massachusetts, uh, you can find me and my uh, celebrity friends and other people uh, as we attend the largest mixed martial arts event in the New England area, hands down. It's called Cage Fighting Extreme, or Cage FX for short. The event is Rumble in the Jungle at the Jungleplex in Plymouth. This is an event that benefits U.S. troops. Uh, I have to warn you that tickets sell out very quickly. It's a popular event, as the house is always packed. And not in the hundreds, but in the thousands. So you're going to be amongst thousands of people watching this fantastic event. Uh, this is a big deal. Run by one of the classiest ladies in professional sports, in my opinion. And that's Linda Shields. The website is cagefx.com. Check it out. And uh, I wouldn't miss the event if you're in the area. Uh, another event that's a must-attend event is the Celebrity Boxing to support our troops. And that's happening on Wednesday, February 3rd, 2010 at the over 18,000 seat Bank Atlantic Center in Sunrise, Florida. Uh, Roy Jones Jr. is uh, already lined up, as well as Christopher Gambino and a whole host of others that will be announced. And as it's announced, we'll announce it. But you can keep track by going to MyCelebrityBoxing.com. I know they're upgrading the site, but you can go check it out and keep tuned to what's happening. And we want our listeners to be a part of the show. Get involved. Call in. Uh, you know, post questions for our, our guests. Feel free to do so. You can do. You can give us a call at 323-952-4369. That's 323-952-4369. And uh, just make the questions or comments interesting. And uh, as I mentioned a few times, uh, we've opened the doors to sponsorship partnerships. So any marketers, advertisers that want to, you know, kind of link in or align with the UCW radio show, you can go to ucwmagazine.com to find that, 
or again give us a call at 323-952-4369 that's 323-952-4369 and if you're on Twitter you can shoot me out some questions and comments uh, there as well and you can tweet them to me my Twitter name is Luis Velasquez that's L-O-U-I-S V-E-L-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z follow me and tweet away now without further ado let's patch in as I said earlier uh, probably one of the greatest stories never told. She is a leading authority in the realm of vintage fashion. And here is Roseanne Ettinger. <coughs> Roseanne, welcome to the UCW Radio Show. It's great to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it tremendously. Oh, no, I appreciate you being on, you know. And just, I just want to give our listeners an idea of who you are just so they can make the connection. You are the mama of Amber Lee Ettinger. She uh, made a big splash for herself as the Obama girl. And now that I mentioned her, I think I talked about her enough uh, when she was on the show, so I'm done with her right now. <laughs> uh, and I, I want to talk about you because you have something interesting going on. I mean, I'm going to say that you're, I mean, what you're doing is, uh, I, I guess, undiscovered to a point. But you have so much knowledge about vintage clothing. Uh, you have a vintage clothing company, but you wrote, you wrote a lot of books. And, I mean, I don't even know where to start, but I think that we should start by talking about your books first, then go into the store, remember when is the name of the store, and then go into your brand, Inspired by Amber. Uh, I guess we have to talk about it later, but we'll, we'll leave that for later. Okay. <laughs> but you know, but let's start with the uh, with the books. You know, how did you get involved in writing books? Actually, before the books, I mean, uh, your books have to do with vintage clothing, right? Absolutely. Yes, I, I wrote sixteen books uh, over the last twenty years, but I didn't start out in my mind thinking this is what I wanted to do. I went to college to be a school teacher. Okay. So I taught school for a while back in the seventies. And then uh, when my first child was born, I really didn't want to teach, and I decided I wanted to create a business where I can bring my son to work with me. So in essence, I had to create my own business, right. and I started with my store back in 1979. I guess about 1981, I started writing books, and uh, wow. I guess maybe it was even longer, 20, 25 years I wrote. Uh, my last book was written, I guess two years ago, it was called Signature Prints. Jet Set Fashion of the 60s and 70s, oh, wow. and all four of my children are the models in the book. Oh, that's, 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 that, sounds, that sounds really cool, you know. You, you're able to incorporate your kids into, into your writings. It's, it's pretty cool. It, it really was good. The first, the first uh, book that I incorporated my children was uh, when Amber was 16. Mm -hmm. I gave her her first modeling job in a book that I wrote called Psychedelic Chic, oh. and uh she she and my son modeled some clothes, and then my two youngest daughters at the time they were they were very small. I had mm -hmm. I even included them in the book. So then I guess it was about ten years later I wrote signature prints, and I used all four of my children again. So it was really an exciting project to work on. I loved every minute of it. Well, I I, re I remember that psychedelic chic because when I had uh, your daughter on the show, um, you know I kind of messed that whole thing up. So I apologize for that. <laughs> I was having a retarded moment. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I was having a challenging uh, morning that morning when I had what on you, the show. What did you do? Say 
chick instead of she. Yeah, I said chick. Yeah, yeah people do that. That's okay. I'll, that's all right. Lou, uh, don't worry about it. All right, good. Yeah, because I was just I was just reading it <laughs> off. I looked at it real quick, and I said, all right, great. She corrected me, and I said, all right, thank you, Amber. Thank you, Amber Lee. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, you're not the only one, believe me. Yeah, but, but you know, let me, let me ask you this, Roseanne. You, you know, how, how did you get, how did you pick fashion? Um, to, to, to go into that line of business because you went to school for teaching. So that's interesting how you picked I know, it's kind of crazy. That. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. I had a little bit of a weird uh, teaching episode when I taught in uh, Alabama. Okay. And it kind of gave me a sour taste toward teaching, so I decided to just put that behind me. But then when I think about it, I really didn't because for the last 20-some years, my books have been teaching tools. Wow. Um, I started out writing a book on jewelry first. It was called Popular Jewelry, 1840 to 1940. I mm -hmm. wrote that one in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, it, all my books are still in print over the last 20 years. None of them have gone out of print. They've been Some of them are in fifth, fourth and fifth editions already. Oh, wow. So I, I have been teaching, you know, in, in a way, not elementary like I went to college for, but jewelry and fashion for what I really love. Right. I, I, I guess I always loved jewelry as a child. Um, Put it on the back burner until my first child was born, and then it kind of resurfaced again. And then once my son was born, and I opened my store, then there was no stopping me. Well, that 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 was a catalyst for everything. That it you, was you, you, no, you really, is something about having a child, and, and then finding out really what I was doing with my life prior to his, you know, birth. I don't think I knew what I wanted, and I. I Created my store, brought my son to work. When Amber was born, brought her to work with me. Um, she used to dress up in poodle skirts and beaded sweaters, walk around and, you know, out, out even out on the sidewalk and parade in her little vintage get-ups when she was like five, six years old. That's hilarious. Um, I'm sure she doesn't want anybody to know that. Oh, she looked cute. No, she looked adorable. <laughs> but now we she know. Looked like, she looked like Shirley Temple. She had ringlets way back when. Oh, cool. And then I was—I cut her hair. I shouldn't have because then I cut the ringlets off, and they never came back. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of Shirley Temple days. That was the end of her Shirley Temple phase. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I just—I think sometimes in life, you know, I, I, we're all meant to to do something, and I think a lot of times things just fall into your lap. Something just happens to mm -hmm. to kind of push you down a road. And with you. You know, yeah, you were younger, you liked fashion, you liked jewelry, this and that, you know, but you were you were going up a different road, and then you said when your son was born, that kind of, like, changed your view. And it, it really did. And it gave you clarity as to something that, hey, you know what, I have to think about what I want to do for the rest of my life. Correct. It's true. Yeah. And, and, then, and I loved the last 30 years. I loved working uh, in my store. Um, I loved writing the books. I loved being able to bring my children to work with me. I never had to get a babysitter. You know, they were here with me all the time. And maybe that's probably why they're, all of them are creative, all four yeah. of them. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting that uh, when, when you have uh, the creative mind, you know, that it, it, when you're creative, it allows you to actually go and, and, and make those mistakes and, and go and be adventurous. And that's something that you hand it down to your kids to go express themselves and reach out and try different things. Because, exactly. Because you never know what's going to hit. You know, you never know what's yeah, going to hit. True. And that's exactly right. I mean, that's why you know you have uh, you know Amber. And again, we keep talking about it. we have no choice, but this is the way it is. <laughs> but now she's she's doing modeling. She's going to go into acting, and I think she's mm -hmm. going to be very successful with that. 
you know um she she did the uh the thing and she got um fame for it but that's not what she ultimately wants to do but if it wasn't for you instilling that in her you know from from the time she was young i don't mm -hmm. think she would have taken that road she would have probably just went to school and have that had that type of lifestyle oh uh, yeah i i agree with that also yeah, yeah. Right now, my my one daughter that's still at home, she's a senior, and she just applied to FIT the other day, okay, cool. and she wants to go where Amber went. Mm -hmm. Same thing, fashion, jewelry. So I, my youngest daughter, she's a little bit different. I don't know. She likes all the CSIs and the forensics, and that's the kind of stuff she's into. So we'll see if she keeps that trend going. Mm -hmm. She's only 13, though, oh. but that's what she likes. She's not interested in my kind of fashion she likes right. hollister and abercrombie fashion oh that yeah that's what the, yeah that's what kids that age are kind of right into, but and she might change though i mean she might change she's young yet the people evolve i be i believe mm -hmm. businesses evolve people evolve and in life we, we all evolve to, to to go down the path we're meant to go down and for mm -hmm. you you know it was what you're doing now and this is something that i i see the trend has been picking up you know, year after year, we have more people seeking out estate jewelry, vintage jewelry, vintage clothing. You go to some stores, and they just cater to exactly. the, the vintage, and people go there. And, and, I, and I've been, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm admitting this, but I have been uh, in, the, in these stores where you go in and you see the vintage clothing, and you're like, wow, that's something that Audrey Hepburn uh, mm -hmm. would wear. That's something that some this one would wear. And then you look at the jewelry, and, and there's history there. Right. You know? Oh, really? And, you know, it, it was made well, and it has survived the test of time because it's still here. Yeah. yeah you know, today, it's unfortunate to say everything today is a throwaway. It's a mm -hmm. throwaway society. Mm -hmm. Nothing nothing is made to last. And it's, it's a shame because everything's so expensive. Yeah, but I think they, that's done purposely because it forces you to buy again. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And I, I really believe in what I sell. I really do. Well, I mean, if you look back, you, know, you go back into the uh, the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, you know, even with, with men, but, you, you know, let's say with men with suits. They would have a suit. That suit would last them, you know, 20 years. Yeah. Absolutely, even uh, longer. Yeah, I think yeah. my father was wearing his suits for forty years. Yeah, and but but that's <laughs> what it is. But you, now you get suits or, or things like that with within a couple of years. You know, they're 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 tattered. They're this or that. Yeah, and they don't hold up well. Same thing with with clothing. You can be uh, a you know a woman go out there and buy yourself a really nice outfit, spend a lot of money on it. But in two, three years, you're not wearing it because it's tattered, it's it's faded, and things of that nature. So. Right, not to mention that, you know, styles change so quickly today. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, you can't wear last season's clothing. No. You know, you some people frown upon it. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And then, Whereas vintage, most of it, you know, is classic, and it, it never goes out of style. Yeah, well, it, as you said, it just uh, stands the test of time. Right. And you can buy something like that. Yeah, you, you're paying for it, but if you look at it, you know, and I, I was t talking to you earlier about someone that I have in my life that actually is involved, you know, that, that it lives this stuff with the vintage mm -hmm. clothing. And when I and I told her that I was going to have you on the show, she was like, that's fantastic. And she wanted to come on the show, and, and you guys would have been on the phone for like about 12 days. <laughs> and I have no doubt about it because, you know, she's with the Rachel Zoe and looking at this and looking at that, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and 
But, you know, when I go, when I see this stuff, she, you know, like she'll buy a coat that, um, I, I guess, you know, if you look at it, it's like, okay, it's a, it's a vintage coat, but you feel the material. You feel mm-hmm. it. You look at it. You look at the craftsmanship. It's different than when you buy something today that's, man, that's mass manufactured. Right. Right. Now, you can find good things, you know, couture clothing, but you're going to pay pay dearly for it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, right. see, I see some of the stuff. It's like, okay, you know, it's it's quality. It's a quality uh, um, a piece of clothing that you know, if it's, if it's from the 1940s, 1950s, and it's still in good shape today, what does that tell you? Right. Exactly. You know, so let's talk about some of your books. Now, okay. your first book, what was the name of that again? Uh, the first book was called Popular Jewelry, 1840 to 1940. Okay. And then I went uh, kind of on a, a kick and made like a series. So the next one was 40s and 50s popular jewelry. Mm-hmm. And then the third one of that series was 60s, 70s, and 80s popular jewelry. Uh, I wrote another book called uh, Plastic Jewelry of the 20th Century. Um, I wrote a book called Handbags. I wrote a book called uh, Compacts and Smoking Accessories. I wrote two books on 50s fashions, um, two books on men's neckties. Okay. Um, let's see, the Psychedelic Chic and the Signature Prince, Jet Set Fashions of the 60s and 70s. And then uh, I had three catalog reprints. I bought a I bought a 19th century building. 12 years ago mm-hmm. to house my antique store. Okay. I had been moving around uh, the downtown Hazleton, and I couldn't really find a place that I really liked, and I found this building that probably was built in 1860, part of it, and uh, the owner, he was uh, he had passed away. He had a men's clothing store in here since World War II, but prior to that, there was a men's clothing store in here since 1879. Wow. And then I was only the third owner of the building, so I bought that 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I acquired a lot of really neat finds in the building, uh, including uh, a set of 1879 mannequins that mm-hmm. I found in the rafters of a crawl space in the attic. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by a leaky roof, I was surprised that they were still you know, pretty well intact for their age. And then I uh, acquired a lot of old catalogs from the 1880s and the 1890s. And uh, my publishers had come up to my store when I first moved in, and they saw these catalogs, and they thought that they would really be great to reprint. And the one was called Men's Clothing and Fabrics of the 1890s. Another one was called Trunks, Traveling Bags, and Satchels. And then the final one was um, Shoes from 1890. Hmm. So I think that's it. I wrote 16 books. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. I mean, when you wrote your first book... You know, mm-hmm. that wasn't something that you set out to do. I mean, did you have some sort of epiphany that was like, wow, let me write? Well, I'll tell you how that happened. Um, when I first started in the business in the, in the late 70s, I was hungry to learn everything and anything I can learn about the jewelry that I was finding at estate sales and wherever I was, you know, finding it. And I would go to the bookstores, and they didn't have anything except for books on like museum-quality jewelry or jewelry that dated back to the 15th, 16th centuries that you would only see in pictures. And I, I thought to myself, I need to write a book on the jewelry that I'm finding, you know, the 19th and 20th century costume jewelry. So I started to research, and uh, I met a woman in um, Alexandria, Virginia, who had an antique store in a place called Thieves Market. And when I met her, 
she was probably in her 70s, and her, oh my gosh, her place was just filled. It was like a treasure trove, a jewelry box. It was unbelievable. Well, to make a long story short, she ended up being my mentor, and she had been in the antique business since the 1920s, mm-hmm. and she started to teach me a lot about jewelry. And after I did more research over the next couple of years, I felt that, you know, hey, I, I think I can write a book. Right. So that's how I wrote my first book. Hmm. And then, and then that, that hasn't stopped. Then, uh... No, it hasn't <laughs> stopped. Uh, like I said, the last one with my children was, I think, the best book that I could ever write. Um, unfortunately, then my publisher died, although the, the, the business is still going. Mm-hmm. The publishing company is still going, but uh, I think they're going in a little bit of a different market and trend. Now they're not doing as many antique books as they used to. So I, I think I need to take a break right now. Well, I think certain things happen for you to take a step back, evaluate. Well, there, yeah, and there was something breathe. that happened um, last uh, December 30th of 2008. Mm-hmm. There was a fire next to my store. Right. There was a Chinese restaurant that had closed, and uh, a homeless person started a fire. And I got a call at 3 o'clock in the morning that the building was on fire. And, oh, my God, I ran down here. And by the time I got down here, the firemen were already in my building. Uh, You know, they busted holes in the roof, busted out windows, ripped siding off the front of the building. They were ready to bust the stained glass door that I have at the rear. And that's when I pulled in and I ran over. I said, please don't bust that door. Here's the key. Mm -hmm. So luckily and thankfully, and I thank God every day, my building did not burn down. Um, I did sustain a lot of damage from the firemen, but they had to do their job to keep the building from burning down. Right. Uh, everything was filled with smoke. So what I had to do was, for the last 200 and some days, my husband and I restored the building back to the way it looked in the 1890s. Oh. And when I say that, I mean, in the 70s, there had been a remodel done in this building. So the drop ceiling and the fluorescent lights were taken out, which I always wanted to do anyway, mm-hmm. and I had the original tin ceiling that was intact. There was an oak staircase covered with a wall that we took the wall down. We ripped out the floor. We put in new flooring, and um, we uncovered a set of 1870-era pocket doors mm-hmm. that were hidden behind my jewelry cabinet, and they will go into the other side of my store, so that's phase two. We have to do another project over there to take the walls down and the ceiling. And then we're going to open up both sides. Look at that. And if you, that fire never happened, you never would have done it. I would have never done it because when I bought the building 12 years ago, I said to my husband, Terry, let's take this, let's take the ceiling down. He said, are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. He said, we're not taking it down. So for 12 years, I sat here knowing the tin was up there and it was covered up. Wow. So, yeah, it, it was a, a weird, uh, weird thing that happened because prior to that, I didn't really know what I was going to do. If I was going to continue in business, mm-hmm. yeah, Hazleton's not all that great right now, and business is a little bit down. But mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, this is this is God telling me not to give up, and that's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm not giving up, and I made the store better than it ever looked. But you know something, Rosanna, just, just to get biblical for a second, there's a story that I heard, which I found very interesting. It was about a guy, you know, he was on a boat, on one of those little boats, and it, it toppled over, and he got stuck on an island by himself, right? Mm-hmm. So he's on the island, and he, he was there was nobody around, no just water and him, and he didn't he, he, there was no way to get in touch with anyone. So he went, he built his little hut, did, did all that stuff, 
and he was there for two weeks by himself, went out to go get to gather some food, came back, and his little hut was on fire. And he, and he sat there. He was like, he was like, you know, God, what more are you going to do to me? What more are you going to do to me? I can't deal with this. The very next day, a Coast Guard boat came over. And the guy went to him and said, oh, my God, thank you for saving me. Mm -hmm. And he said, how would you know I was here? He said, oh, we saw the smoke from the fire you built. <laughs> see? see, but you see how sometimes uh -huh. things happen for a reason. For a reason, and exactly. That, and and you, it, was your, it was your mission to expose the beauty that was there. And, oh, my God. Yeah. And, the, and there is because I, I'm only the third owner of this building in over 125 years. So, luckily, things, remnants of the past are still here. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the mannequins I have on exhibit, they're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I have original like ledgers and canceled checks and a lot of uh, bill heads and receipts from 1879 to 1901 of the original owner. He, he kept everything. I found it all tied, tied in little bundles mm -hmm. in a wooden chest where the mannequins were in this crawl space. Right. And uh, canceled checks from banks that no longer exist in the city. Wow. It's just amazing, the stuff that was still left. Uh, displays from different manufacturing companies that they bought from. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing. Sure. It's just amazing to to realize that there is this much history still left in this building. And like I said, thank the good Lord, it didn't burn down. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I think that that probably happened for a reason for you to expose what was there. I think so. Yeah, and, and that, that's the way I see it anyway, because I think that's amazing because, you know, yeah, your whole building could have burnt down, but that wasn't the case. Smoke exactly. damage, yeah, but the smoke damage damaged the things, and you once you remove them, it's all of a sudden like, wow, this was there? Right, and the whole, it's like the whole place came to life again. Yeah, I mean. The way I'm, it was, you know, 100 years ago. I'm sure at that point you just wanted to, you know, punch your husband in the arm and say, see, I told you. <laughs> oh my you know what he worked oh he worked so hard for me he's a great man i will have to say he's wonderful he's a military he's, man from what i understand yes yes he is a military man good for him good for him and i know yep. you, you're in hazelton pa and it's uh, gets a little cold over there during the winter <laughs> oh and it's snowing today lou oh my god snowing today october 15th oh wow yeah wow. It's, it's gonna you know you know what at least you have something, uh, you, know, you have your store going on there so you can stay nice and warm. But, you know, it's a, for all intents and purposes, you have a, a virtual museum. I do. And, you know, as far as vintage, uh, you know, clothing and jewelry is concerned. You know, I, I'm, I'm seeing this as the greatest story never told. Because you, <laughs> that, you know what? I feel like that sometimes. I, yeah. I know I'm Hazleton's best kept secret. Yeah. Um, I, I really am. Even people that live here, when they finally do wander in, they're, like, blown away. Yeah. Uh, we had a festival in Hazleton the middle of September. That's when I reopened after being closed for months. Mm -hmm. And um, a friend of mine was here, and she she says that I don't promote myself enough, which mm -hmm. I don't. I, I just don't. It's just the way I am. I don't know why. But she saw the mayor after they, we had a parade, and she saw the mayor... And she went out and actually grabbed his arm and pulled him in my store because he had never been in here. Right. He was speechless. He could not believe what was what the store was like. And I was a little offended that, you know, he had never been in my store before. And I told him so. <laughs> I'm sure so. he didn't know what to say. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but you know something, you, you worked hard for, for where you're at, uh, to where you got to at this point. You really, you know, you put your, your soul, your heart, your everything into it. And uh, the way I'm, I'm looking at it is that, uh, you know, when you do that, I guess, you know, some people have, they have the, the need to go out there and, and go promote themselves. You know, when you have a store, yeah, you know, you want to go do that so you can drive the business in. I think that you've been so engulfed in, in what you're doing and, and the beauty and, and, and everything, you know, writing your books and everything else that it, it kind of made you into a humble person. Uh, you're right. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. I have been so engrossed in what I did all these years. Yeah. But now you're on this show. So now <laughs> so now I'm going to have to pimp you out because <laughs> because people should know about what you're doing. That's why I want to have you on the show. And I told your daughter. And she said, really? I said, I'm dead serious. Have your mama get in touch with me because I want, I want Roseanne. I, want, I wanted you on the show because I think what, what you've done, and what you're still doing is so interesting. And now, if you look, uh, there are, I mean, if you look at the fashion stuff right now, you have, uh, and I mentioned Rachel Zoe and her thing, you know, she wears these outfits. And if you look at them, you know, some of these outfits have a vintage, uh, you know, look to them. Well, it's, do you know that I just found out about Rachel Zoe a week ago? Really? I, I, because I don't have time to watch television. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I engross myself in what I do that, uh, that this is my life. And uh, one of my customers had come in after I reopened, and she said, I can't get over your store. It's so beautiful. And then we got talking about different things, and she said, do you watch Rachel Zoe? I said, who's Rachel Zoe? I had no idea. So I made sure that I went home and tuned in, and she's a riot. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, she dresses really cool, and I could tell that she likes the vintage stuff. Yeah, and you have, yeah. and even her jewelry and everything. And the only reason I bring her up, I'm not trying to give her uh, too, too much promotion here, you know. Um, but she, you know, she does her thing. But she's in, and you know, she's involved in, in the uh, the vintage uh, jewelry. If you see her jewelry, vintage stuff, clothing, things of that nature. And I think that now with this being in, in in vogue, I guess, or people, it's not even, maybe not being in vogue, but I think people are are understanding mm -hmm. that, hey, you know what, there, there was a rich history with, you know, what, what, cameos, whatever it may be that, that, that was developed, and people start seeking this stuff out. You know, sometimes, uh, I mean, if I go to a festival, you have... You know, some, some older people that are out there and they have their little stuff, their little jewelry stuff. Usually, normally, for years, I just walk by because I'm not interested. Right. Now, when I see it, I, it hits me like, well, wow, that's interesting. And you start talking to the person and then you find the history out with that particular piece. And for me, I just find that interesting. Now, you know, every time I pass by something like that, I, I have a tendency to uh, talk about it. Yeah. Well, if you ever get to my neck of the woods, please stop in. Oh no! Uh, you see, now you have you have me uh, interested in going to the store. I was interested uh, last week, and uh, but if you have snow, I don't think that's happening. Well, it's, it's just wet snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just, it's I, just wet snow. Yeah, I, t I told you about my experiences with the snow in Pennsylvania. It's not <laughs> not a good thing. Yeah, not a good thing for me. You know, but yeah. So now your your store is located. Um, the name of the store is. Remember when, right? Right. Okay, and that's located at 21 West Broad Street mm -hmm. in Hazleton. Now, right. one thing I need to let our listeners know 
is that uh, Roseanne Edinger, she does not have her website developed yet. Unfortunately. Not yet. Not yet. Unfortunately. No, I wish I could find a web designer. Yeah, well, they, any web designers that want to get involved in this, there you go. You have a uh, you have an opportunity there. But uh, for sure, you know, this is uh, a story that you want to check out. And I know that, uh, Roseanne, you have, uh, you, sell, you sell some things on eBay as well, mm -hmm. right? So, I do have I do have an eBay store. Okay. Um, I had quite a few hundred items in it prior to the fire, but then once I started, you know, my 200 and some days of working diligently every day down here at the store, I kind of let my eBay store dwindle. I think I only have 100 items on it right now, but now now I have more time, I can, you know, pump it back up again. Okay, so now how, how can people find out if they're, because um, without the website it's a little difficult for them, but, you know, the eBay store has some of the items on there? It has some. It, has, it actually has a picture of my store on it, too. And uh, it has a picture of my mannequins I was talking about. Oh, um, okay. But, yeah, my username on eBay is Pop Gems, And oh. my eBay store is called Roseanne's Remember When Emporium. Okay, that's Roseanne's Remember When Emporium. And that's Pop Gems is your... Yeah, uh, P-O-P-G-E-M-S. Okay, great, great. I think that... Uh, I, I, again, as I said earlier, I think that what you're doing to me is is, is amazing, and the history and what what you've done, and and where you're going right now. Uh, I mean, once once people throughout the uh, not even throughout the country, throughout the world, you know, get wind of what you're doing. I know this that you are going to be one of the go-to people in the vintage, uh, you know, clothing and jewelry arena because writing 18-somewhat books and doing all this stuff and really, I'm, you know, you're not on 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 a reality show. There's something hmm. wrong there, Roseanne. I know when people saw what I did to the building, hmm. the way I designed and decorated it, uh, they couldn't get over why I didn't call HGTV because. Uh, the transformation was amazing and I don't know I don't know I guess I decorating is my passion too and when I wrote the last book and I am I think I will plug myself a little bit here okay go for it go for it um, when I wrote signature print Amber worked with a model or not a model uh, a photographer in New York and we needed a fashion photographer because prior to writing this book I did most of the photography myself, and I'm definitely an amateur photographer. But this Signature Prince was my baby of a book that I wanted to make the best ever. Mm -hmm. So we looked for a fashion photographer. So Amber found uh, one that she worked with, brought him to up my home here in, in Hazleton, and we had two weekends where we did the fashion shoot in my home. And the first thing that the man said was, who styled these outfits? And Amber said, my mom did. And he was like totally floored that I did all the styling for the whole book. I not only did the styling, uh, I wrote the book and I designed the layout of the book. And uh, it, it's just awesome. And I guess what perturbs me the most is the fact that when I go into a bookstore, it's not there. Right. And, and I blame that on my publishers. And I hate to say it, I, that's one of the reasons I stopped writing books because I spent 20 plus years of my life writing books. Mm -hmm. And I want to see a book in a bookstore. I don't want to see it in their gigantic warehouse. No. And I don't understand why my book, which is so into fashion and jewelry of the 60s and 70s, and I'm talking all the signed pieces like Pucci, Mr. Dino, Pagan, 
all the designers that signed their fabrics for the mm-hmm. jet setters back in the 60s and 70s. This book is like amazing, even if I say it myself, That's okay. and it's not in the bookstore, and I can't figure it out. Well, you know something, you know, you have, we're in the digital age. And, you know, you have companies like Amazon, Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble, yeah, they, they all have an online presence. They also have, you know, the stores and whatnot. And, again, yeah, you, you blame your publishers, you know, but also, uh, well, you have to, yeah, you have to blame your publisher because if the bookstores don't know, they're not going to do anything with it. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. But, like you said, the Amazon and the BarnesandNoble.com and then uh, – I guess people do, but then you go in Barnes and Nobles and you see people buying books. It's not that they don't buy books in a store. They buy books. I I go buy books. You know. Yeah, I go buy books too. People read, and then you have now you have the uh, the the um, what is it the um, the 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 dwindle or twindle or something like that 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 little um, electronic reader that that. uh, Oh, okay, right. Okay, Mm -hmm. and I think that I think that is Amazon. Really? Okay. And then again, right off the top, Amazon discounts the books. Yeah. So why why would somebody go in a store if they can get it at a discount from Amazon? Yeah, and they go and they buy. But see, it has to do with uh, the reach because you know with Amazon they're worldwide. You know, like right. Barnes and Noble is global, um, and but especially with Amazon that they're all over the place. Like you you may not you're not going to find a Barnes and Noble in Australia, but Amazon.com. You'll have the Amazon.com.au or whatever they have over there, but you do get the reach, which which, mm-hmm. is, which is better. You're selling more product, you know. But that right. that has to do with your publisher going out and doing it. But I tell you this much: what you did with your building, next month we're having a, a Paige Hemis from Extreme Makeover on the show, and mm-hmm. I'm going to bring this up as we're talking, just because I want to. I think that doing doing that stuff and doing what you're doing and what you have done is amazing. You know, from you know, we're not just talking about vintage clothing and jewelry. You actually restored a building to its original beauty. I I know I know. Sometimes I I don't know I, I don't know where I get this from. I'm a coal miner's daughter. You know, I don't know where I got all this knowledge from. Definitely not going to get a BS degree in elementary education. No, no, but you... Uh, I don't know. It's just something ingrained in me from somewhere. But I don't that, know. But that's that's a good thing because the, the greatest gift that you can give, period, is what you give your kids. Mm-hmm. And them seeing what you've done and what you've built. Them just seeing that and then you giving them the air to go be creative in their own right, you know, they're forging their own careers. Right. My son, well, my son's in Hong Kong. He teaches in Hong Kong. And he came home for the summer for seven weeks. And he spent every day down here with uh, my husband and and myself helping us, you know, do what we needed to do. And he had to go back to the beginning of August. So when I opened the store the middle of September and I put a picture of the store on my Facebook page, Mm -hmm. he sent me a little message. He said, Mom, the store looks amazing. Now go take a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but of course that didn't happen yet no. I'm still waiting for my honeymoon oh <laughs> we my haven't God. had a honeymoon yet in 33 years oh wow <laughs> you're going to have to you're going to have to go take care of that you guys have been working hard we do work too hard oh my god yeah but you know something you guys are a team and I think that's that's fantastic you know when you yeah, guys well, well we are a team we're restoring a, a Victorian house too my husband and I Okay, now, see, now, now you got me annoyed. I'm going to tell you why, because you're doing all this great stuff, and 
Where where's the camera crew? Where's the new where are the news people? Where why are they not writing about this? I don't know. Where's the media? Like I said, I don't I don't promote myself and I I I I guess I am humble. I'm a shy person, really. Uh, well, we're gonna have to get some some word out there somehow and figure things out because I think it's uh, I think it's a shame that with everything you've done for the building that you're in and the business that you built and now you're, you're restoring a Victorian house, you know, you, even the local media should be writing about this, taking pictures. You know, they should have your your, your picture out there somewhere. But they're yeah. not doing they're not doing too much. So we're gonna try to we're gonna try to help you with fixing that. Think, oh, thank you. I think that that's what we need to do because now I'm just annoyed about the whole situation. <laughs> okay, so you, the town of uh, Hazleton, Pennsylvania, what is wrong with the media over there? My God. Oh, you know, there's too many other weird story. things they write about, I guess. Well, you know what? I'm fortunate because you came on my show. Okay, oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, no. Well, I, I appreciate it because, you know, no one, I mean, as I said earlier, you you have, like, the greatest story that was never told. <laughs> and so it, it's good that you, you were meant to be here first and tell your story here first. And I'm sure that this is going to be the first of many interviews you're going to wind up doing because I really don't know why you, you, you have not become the go-to person. As far as vintage clothing is concerned, you see other people out there doing this, doing that, but you've written books about this. You, you didn't just come out of FIT and, you know, not to, you know, knock anything, but you didn't just come out of FIT and say, oh, I'm going to go get involved in vintage clothing. You have a rich history. You, you, you know more about this than probably most people. Well, I definitely paid my dues for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 30 years of knowledge, you, you can't replace that with, with uh, two to four years of school. No, that's for sure. But, you know, then you see you see the ones that just came out of school, and they already have shows on TV and have their own lines already on the racks. And, yeah. you know, I'm still, well, the, the jewelry line, Amber and I, they inspired by Amber. Oh, We're yeah, trying we... to get that to could we take off. We didn't, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't even talk about that yet. Yeah, let, let's talk about it. We have some time. Let's talk about Inspired by Amber. Okay. Um, real quick, if I could. Um, when sure. Amber was three years old, uh, we lived in Kentucky. My husband was at Fort Campbell. And uh, I had a store there. It was called Roseanne's Nostalgia Boutique at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, too long of a title. That's why I changed it to Remember When. But anyway, um, I was fooling around with beads a little bit, and I decided I wanted to make some earrings and some necklaces. So I would do it on my dining room table, and Amber would sit there with me and help me pick out beads. And uh, I made a few samples, and I went to a department store in Tennessee with my little suitcase filled with my samples. And I thought, well, let me see if they want to buy anything. Mm -hmm. So I walked in, and I said, could I talk to the jewelry buyer? And the lady came out, and I said, you know, I make earrings. Would you like to look at them? So she said, sure, and she looked at them. She loved them, and she ordered 12 dozen pair. Wow. So I went home, and I had to make 144 pair of earrings, and so Amber was helping me, and I had to <laughs> come up with a name for it. And because she was so inspirational, that's why I called it Inspired by Amber. Oh, so uh, I did that, and then that's when I got into the writing of the book. So I kind of put the jewelry making on the back burner, and then I started, you know, doing the book writing. Well, right after Amber was uh, Obama girl, when she was on the news and stuff, she said to me, and it was right after I wrote Signature Prints. Mm -hmm. It was last year when the, when the book came out. She said, Mom, why don't we start that jewelry line again together? And I, and I said, you know what, that's a good idea. 
So we started it, and uh, we've been making beautiful pieces, trying to get the website. The only place I sell it right now is in my store. Okay, well, so that's that's where we are right now. Well, I, I think that, and Roseanne, I say this, that I think that what what you've done is amazing to me. What you're doing is, is also an amazing thing. You are definitely uh, a, a secret that's in a box. And that box has to be opened. And we're taking a crowbar. We're starting to wedge it out during this interview, trying to open that thing up because, you know, the the media and, and Hazelton uh, PA should be speaking about you. And I don't understand why they're not. Um, but you're on this show, so maybe there'll be uh, maybe it'll, something will click in their head, or maybe they'll be embarrassed enough that hey, you know what? We should have got the story first, and they should have. Well, you know, I mean, over the years, like if a book came out or something, actually, I have another book story if you have time. Go, go um, ahead. When I wrote my Thai book, mm-hmm. and the reason I was interested in ties was because when I was a little girl, my dad had a tie that was a hand-painted portrait of my mother oh. that they had uh, painted on their honeymoon in 1950 by a street artist in New York City. Okay. And uh, I loved this tie. And my mother was wearing a polka dot hat and scarf, and she even had the hat and scarf. So, you know, as I got older, my dad gave me the tie, and my mother gave me the hat and scarf, and I treasured this all my life. And I guess that's what got me interested in ties. Well, when I wrote the book on ties, of course I had to put my mother's tie on the cover. That was a must. Right. Um, well, my mother had passed away, and... Uh, I mean, this might sound crazy, but I put a copy of the book in the coffin with her because I felt like she was the star of the book. Right. And my mother was my biggest fan. Just like right now, Amber and I are each other's biggest fans. My right. mother would, she people would come in my store and she'd grab them and she'd take them over to my books and she'd say, my daughter wrote these books. And I'd say, Mom, uh, stop it. She said, no, I'm proud of you and I want everybody to know it. I love it. I love so stuff like that. So when she died, like I said, I put the book in the coffin with mm-hmm. her and about... I guess a month later, I was walking in my store, and the phone rang. And um, I picked up the phone, and somebody said, uh, Roseanne, I'd like to congratulate you on your book. And I said, what book? And she said, your tie book. It made the New York Times. I said, what are you talking about? She said there was a full-page color ad for Barnes & Nobles for Father's Day, and they used your book in oh, the nice, ad. Nice, And there was my mother telling the world that I wrote that book. Nice, nice. With my mother's picture, and, the, and it was in every major newspaper across the country for two or three weeks. Wow. See, that, that, so, yeah, she was she was my biggest fan. But that, I think that's, that's excellent. I love stories like that because, you know, wow, you know, I mean, look, you, with with what, you know, you've been through, and again, it, it goes, it, it comes down to, you know, how you're raised. And mm-hmm. what your parents instill in you, you know, as, as proud as your mom was of you, is how you're you're as proud as you are of of Amber, and as, as you of all your children. Right. But also, they will be like that for their children, but they're also proud of their mother. So you, you kind of, you know, that little uh, spark from your mom actually forged a, a good foundation for you and your family right now. Yes, it did. Yes, she was. She was a saint, my mother. Yeah. Well, God bless her. You know. God I, bless. I, I really miss both my parents. 
Yeah, I, I can imagine. I can imagine, but we're not going to go. We're not no. going to go down the sad, the sad road. No, uh, uh -uh. this show, you know, because you are. You know, I think you're you're a great person, Roseanne. Uh, you've done some great things, and you made uh, you made a good friend in the UCW radio show and myself because we are going to have you back on here, and we're not going to have you back on to chit chat about uh, you know the past of what you've been through and what you had. That's the purpose of having this show that we're doing right right today. But we are going to bring you on to talk about what's happening in, in the world of uh, vintage fashion. We're going to have you on. We're going to have special segments and bring you on. How do you like that? That sounds great. Thanks. And that's exactly what we're going to wind up doing. And, uh, and again, you know, Roseanne, I want to tell you, it's been, I didn't know where this whole show was going to go because I really, I knew what you did. I didn't know the history. Now I know the history. Now I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. And and I have to say that um, it was a great pleasure and honor to have you on the show, and I I do uh, wish you the best of luck with everything you're doing. I have no doubt that your your store is going to you know skyrocket once the world you know finds out about it, and they're going to. They will find out about it. Remember when it's going to be here. Yeah, remember when we didn't have any publicity? Well, remember that? <laughs> but, now, but now you're going to wind up getting it because this is going to go beyond Hazleton. You are, and you don't even know it yet, but you have something that can that can expand the globe. No doubt about it. No oh, doubt about thanks. it. Thank you. you. you know, 18, Very nice words. I appreciate that. No, no. You, you're more than welcome. You, know, you have 18 uh, books in the can. People can go in and find these books. Uh, I'm sure uh, if they go, I mean, I, I guess that they go on Amazon and pull your name up. Or, no, yeah, you know, they'll come up. Yeah, things will come up so they can buy the books and, and find out more about, you know, what what you've done and what you're doing. And you're restoring a, Victor a Victorian house right now. So, yeah, we want to know more about that. So you will come back on. And I'm sure that your daughter is going to say, well, what about me? I'm going to say, well, what about you, Amber? I'm, talk I'm talking to your mama. And that's, and that's more important right now. <laughs> Oh, but, but no, she she's a good girl. She has. Yes, some, she is. She's a wonderful daughter. Yeah, yeah. That, wonderful. That, that's why when we had her on the show, and I and I told her that you know people when they when they saw the video, they didn't understand. You know, I mean, even even when I saw it, it was like, okay, well, you know, is she really in love with this guy? I don't know. But <laughs> but you know, it just it kind of like you know, a stigma comes about uh, with that, and people start you know looking at it a certain way. But she's smart. And she uh, is breaking out of that, and she's going to get some good acting roles. She's going to accomplish a lot of great things uh, in her life, and that all comes down to you. And you know, she has to thank you and bow down and say, you know what, she, she's so fortunate to have a mom like you. Because same way, you know, in my life, my mother's my inspiration for everything uh -huh. I, I do because she showed me the path. Right. And, and that's something that I, I would show my children and so on and so forth. So it's a good, it's a good thing that you developed, and that's fantastic. But, again, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been fantastic. Well, thank you, Lou. And we, we are going to have you back on for well, sure. thank you very much. No, I you, appreciate that. You're more than welcome. Uh, and just for our listeners, that was uh, Roseanne Edinger. She was on the show with us. She has the uh, store Remember When. And when that website uh, does uh, get developed, you want to go there because this is – one of the best kept secrets in fashion, especially you know when it comes to uh, you know vintage wear and jewelry and things of that nature. You want to keep an eye out for her. Go go to Amazon.com. 
put a name in there. Okay, and her last name is E double T I N G E R. Look it up and go buy her books. You're going to find out uh, more about her and this amazing woman. And again, Roseanne, thank you so much. And we will uh, be speaking to you soon. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Lou. Thank Take you. care. What is your major malfunction? All that will be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.